I have personally often wondered what happened to Moses when he left Egypt to go into the wilderness. I've often always wondered, and I'm, I mean, this is the honest truth. I've always thought that's a long time to just be wandering in the wilderness, right? The story we've heard our whole life is that he just wandered out there. Really, it's kind of silent. Eventually, he goes into Jephro house. Some people say it was Jephro. Jasher said he was in Raul house, but the names are semantics. But eventually, he goes into the Midianite, um, the Midianite man's house, and he marries Sapporah. We know that part. But up until that part, he wandered. You know, the Bible says that he wandered. It's kind of like it's silent, you know? The Bible was silent in those days. You know how they tell you in history, the dark ages, it was silent during those times and during those days. But here in the book of Jasher, it explains what happens to Moses. And I'm telling y'all, it's going to shock many of y'all. It's going to be shocking to many of y'all faith. And it says that Moses became the king of Ethiopia. The book of Jasher 72 and 37 and all the people in the nobles swore unto him to give him the wife of Adoniah the queen the Cushite wife the wife of uh, Kikianus which was the king of the Cushites and they made Moses king over them that day and they made Moses king over them that day Moses the king of Ethiopia. So we know the story of Moses, right? We've read the Genesis story of Moses. And we know he's he was raised in the house of Pharaoh and eventually he grows up to be a young man. When he grew up to be a young man, we know the story, the Genesis story. He saw his people, uh, he saw his people, the Hebrew people, being uh <laughs> um he saw one of his people being beaten by one of the Egyptian taskmasters, and then Moses went over there and killed that man, right? But look at the Jasher story. The Jasher story tells us a little bit more detail as to why Moses killed the, ta the Egyptian taskmaster for beating on the Hebrew. Listen to this in Jasher, Jasher 71 starting at 1. And when Moses has came near Goshen, he came to the place where the children of Israel were engaged in work. Listen to this. And he observed their burden. So the children of Israel at this time are in Egypt. We know the story. They're under the burden of the Egyptians. But look at the Jasher story. It's a little different. Look at this. And he saw the Egyptian smiting one of the Hebrew brethren. Mm. And when the man who was beaten saw Moses, he ran to him in, in, for help because Moses was greatly respected in the house of Pharaoh because Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. So this time they said, this version says that the Hebrew man actually ran to Moses for help. This is interesting. This is very interesting, right? Because if you read, you know, if you watch some of the cartoons or some of the movies and books that's been written on Moses over the years, this is more of the story of what it aligns up with. They said that the man ran up to Moses and said, help me because dude is beating me. Look what it says. Let me continue on. Moses was greatly respected in the house of Pharaoh, right? And it said to him, my Lord, attend to me. This Egyptian came to my house in the night, bound me and came to my wife and came to my wife, came in my wife, in my presence. And now he seeks to take my life. And Moses heard this wicked thing and the anger kindled in him against the Egyptian. And he turned this way and the other. And when he saw that there was no man, that there was no one there that could see that he was going to kill him, he smote the Egyptian and hid him in the sand and delivered the Hebrew from the hand of the man that he smote. So Moses saw, this version says that Moses, that the man told him, this man came in my house, this Egyptian 
came in my house, tied me up, right? While he tied me up, he slept with my wife in front of me. That would have made anybody angry. Somebody could come to me and tell me that, and I'm going to look this way and look that way, and if I don't see nobody, I'm going to kill him too and then bury him in the desert, right? Because that's how angry he was when he heard this thing. It's a filthy thing to do to somebody. So this is a very interesting story, and just like the Genesis story, eventually this word gets back to Pharaoh, Jasher 71 and 9, and Pharaoh heard this affair, and he ordered Moses to be slain. So just like the Genesis story, Pharaoh hears that Moses killed an Egyptian and said, hey, y'all go kill Moses and put out a, a warrant for his arrest to kill him. Moses, the king of Ethiopia. So Moses flees into the wilderness, which is Africa. He's in Egypt. He flees in the southern parts of Africa. He's in the northern part, northern is where Egypt is at, and he flees into Egypt, more southern. I mean, he flees into Ethiopia, the Kush more southern part but normally the version that we have heard our whole lives is just that he was just out there we hear nothing of what happened to Moses when he is out there but Jasher gives us a little bit more it says that Moses flee and he comes to King Kikianus which is the king of Cush. Now, I don't have time to go into so in-depth of what happened here, but the king, along with his army, was locked out of his own country. The king, along with his army, was locked out of his own country. They went on, uh, the king and his army went to go fight another country. When they came back, one of the king's closest advisors locked him out along with the people, locked him out of his own country. They fortified the city and everything so they couldn't get in. So the king is besieging his own city to try to get back in. Moses joined this siege with this king. This is a this is an interesting story. I, I mean, re reading this, I'm shocked, you know, by everything that I'm reading. I'm saying, what? So Moses left Egypt, and then he joins with this king that's locked out of his country. And Moses, you know, the favor that Moses has on his life, we know that Moses has God's favor on his life. That's why God saved him when he sent him up the, now, uh, uh, up the river into the house of Pharaoh. So we know that Moses has God's favor on his life. And so when he goes and joins the camp of the king, this same favor is still on his life. Oh God, I hope I'm talking to somebody. God's favor is on your life. I hope I'm talking to somebody, right? So he becomes an, uh, an, an advisor to the king. Hmm. He becomes an advisor to the king and fought many battles along with the Kushite army against their own country for nine years, besieging their own country, trying to get in. And look at what it says in Jasher about, about Moses, Jasher 72 and 23. Look at this. And Moses was nine years in the camp of King Kikianus, king of Cush. All the time that they were besieging Cush. And Moses went out and came in with them. Listen to this. And the king and the princes and all the fighting men loved Moses. Uh -huh. For he was great and worthy. His stature was like a noble lion. His face was like the sun. And his strength was like a lion. Uh -huh. There it is. And he was a counselor to the king. There it is. Uh, it said his strength was like a lion and his noble like a stature of a lion. You better stand like a lion, young man. You better stand like a lion, black man. You better say your stature is like a lion. They said his strength was like a lion as well. They don't want this. And the Ethiopian people love Moses. He was a counselor to the king. And after nine years, 
They was out there besieging the country for nine years trying to get in and couldn't get in. They had fortified the city. They put serpents and built a river around it and did all kinds of stuff. If you read the story of John, they said so he couldn't, so the king couldn't get back in. So eventually for nine years they were out there and King Kikianus died. And once he died, the Kushite people, the Kushite people, the Ethiopian people, his army was disheartened as they would be, right? Because they had families, wives and children still inside the walls of Ethiopia. They had families still in there that they wanted to see and hadn't saw for nine years. And so they was depressed. They were sad. And they had to put, make somebody king over them that everybody respected. Oh, God help me. Mm -mm -mm. Look at this. Jasher 72 and 37. And all the people and the nobles swore unto him to give for him the wife of Adoniah the queen, the Cushite, wife of Kikianus. And they made Moses king over them that day. And they made Moses king over them that day. And all the, all the people of Cush issued a proclamation on that day saying, every man must give something to Moses of what is his in his possession. Moses, the king of Ethiopia. I love this version. Moses, the king of Ethiopia. I love this version. Moses was a king. You are a king. You were born to be a king. Oh, God, the Bible says that they are kings and priests unto the Lord, and they will reign and rule. You are supposed to reign and rule. <laughs> reign and rule. You hear what I'm saying? You were born to be king. His stature is like a lion. His strength is like a lion. It says in Ecclesiastes that we are just like the animals. We are a certain animal. We are a lion. His stature is like a lion. His strength is like a lion. I hope y'all hear me and hear me good. This is so good. This is so good. I love this version because it speaks to so many hidden things that are inside the Bible and hidden, you know, uh, the Bible is allegorical and it's in, uh, you know what I'm saying? Here a little and there a little. It's really in a code. And, and just like in Daniel where it says, shut up the books until the end, this is the end where all is being revealed to us and we're starting to see a lot of different things like this. Knowing that Moses was the king of Ethiopia is, is everything. Is that, there should really be no more argument as to the skin color of the Israelites. That's why this book was taken out. That's one of the main reasons why this book was taken out. But the book of Jasher is spoken about all throughout the Bible. And I'm going to give you a few of those verses later on in this. But I want to continue on. I want to continue on in this. The Bible said that Moses ruled over the Cushite, over the Cush kingdom for about 40 years. And I mean, I love this version. I love this version of Mo. I mean, I just love this version of Moses. Oh, man. You know, it reminds me of how in our, we've had this white Jesus image in our head for so long. But when you read this version of Moses, <laughs> it, uh, it, just read it, it changes the color that you thought he was in your mind automatically because you know for a fact that he had to be black leading the Ethiopian, uh, being the king of Ethiopia. And then all of this occurring in Africa, right? And it's going in detail of all of it occurring in Africa. How they fought, I'm finna get into that again, how they fought against Eritrea. And it even talks about the king of Africa and Hannibal and Ha and Chittum. And it gets in deep into all of these stories 
that have been beheld from us or withheld from us, but it was intentional for it to be withheld from us until this time. But I love this version. And look at this. This changes the Bible narrative a lot, and it plugs in a lot of holes for you, a lot of missing pieces that we've all been probably consciously or self-consciously really wondering about. Like, for example, you know, how did Moses lead the Israelites into successful battles after they left Egypt? Like, how did he do that? He just like, like God just put him in charge and like, he's like, we're going to just walk out here and then, oh, he go to Amalek, uh, Amalek army. We just finna fight him. We know what to do. How was he able to do this? It was because Moses was already an experienced military leader. You see what I'm saying? See, we might've thought he learned this experience in Pharaoh's house, but no, he learned this experience by being king. Uh, by being king of the Ethiopian, of Ethiopia, the Ethiopian army, right? This is very deep, right? Look at this, uh, uh, Jasher, Jasher 73 and 40. And Moses gathered the children of Cush, a people very mighty, about 30,000 men, and went forth to fight with Aram and, the, uh, Aram and the children of the east. This is after Moses took the, the Cushite kingdom back. Eventually, Moses was able to, to draw up a plan with uh, with the spirit of God, which I'm about to get into because that's deep. With look, look, with God being for him, for them, and allowed them to take back their country, and they were able to go back to their wives and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But then after that, they got into another battle. Look at this, and Moses gathered the children of Cush, a people very mighty, and th about thirty thousand men, and went forth to fight with Aram and the children of the east. I believe the children of the east. I believe that's Eritrea, right? Because you got Ethiopia, and then east of that, I believe that's Eritrea, right? They did this war with them go back a long ways, right? This this rift that they have between each other. And, and they went at first to the children of the east. And when the children of the east heard their report, they went to meet them and they engaged them in battle. Listen to this. And the war was severe against the children of the east. So the Lord gave all the children of the east into the hand of Moses. Listen to this. And about 3,000 men fell down and slain. And the Lord gave all the children of the east into the hand of Moses. This is very interesting, right? Because here is Moses leading a Semite, leading a Hamite army into battle. This is why nobody preaches on this and why you have heard no one ever even mention this because it is like a no, no, from the white side and even from the Israelite side. It's like a uh, no, no, Moses leading a Cushite army to victory. And listen to this. The Lord gave them into their hand. God fought with them and was on their side. What? This is like it, it is mind blowing and it literally will shake your faith. Oh, God, but I hope it strengthens your faith and gives you more <laughs> Uh, and gives you some backbone and really it's 100% proof that Moses uh, was black but it dispels a lot of the narratives that have been created over the years around Moses but uh, but 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 another part because I've always wondered also you know he he leads them into military victories and uh, and exploits after they come out of Egypt right after God delivers them from Egypt and they're now walking in the wilderness to the promised land they fight Amalek which is a descendant of Esau but also Moses has to deal with the governing of the people 
You can't just put anybody just in charge. Look at Joe Biden. You can't just put anybody in charge. Look at Kamala Harris, right? You ask her, oh, what about the, uh, well, I don't know, a man from a woman. What? what? You know, the lady they just, uh, black lady just put in the Supreme Court. Well, uh, what is the definition of a woman? Well, I think, uh, you, know, um, you know, you can't just put anybody in charge. You got to put somebody experienced, somebody that know what they're doing. Moses had experience in also governing as well. Jasher 76 and 1. And Moses the son of Amram was still king in the land of Cush. Listen to this, in those days. And he prospered in his kingdom and he conducted the government of the children of Cush in justice, in righteousness, and in integrity. Oh my God. And all the children of Cush loved Moses all the days that he reigned over them and all the inhabitants of the land of Cush were greatly afraid of him. Moses conducted the government in justice, in righteousness, and integrity. Imagine the sermons that would have been preached had this been left in the canon Bible. You and your government is not doesn't have no justice, no righteousness, and no integrity. The government is supposed to bring justice, righteousness, and integrity to the people. That's what it's supposed to be. And Moses governed that way. So when the children of Israel, once he led the children of Israel, the Israelites, our ancestors, out of Egypt, he had much experience in government. In government. So he was a proven leader already. So God, you know, the story of Moses, this story of Moses is so good because it gives so much more credence and so much more backdrop and colorful to what really went down because God didn't just put some random person up there. He put somebody that was proven who, you know, was a real leader. He, he was a military leader, a governor. He, 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 you know, he, he could deal with the political affairs of the people. So what's going on with you? Okay. So what's going on with you? Okay. So this is what we need to do. This is how we need to get it down. Let's do it like this, right? And his story, and you know, his story is very similar because it kind of is very similar to Joseph's story. How he went up and down with God as well. But we get in that Moses, the king of Ethiopia. I really do love this story of Moses. It is so, so good. And there's so many gems I can point out in Joshua. Let me point out one for you real quick. Uh, because in my last sermon, I had said, oh yeah, Joshua 73 and 5. And I don't know why. I, had, I guess I had it on my mind because I had been reading it. And in 73 and 5, it talks about the story of, check this out, Hannibal. What? You know the story you learned in history about Hannibal, how he fought with the uh, 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 Italians, the Sicilians? How Hannibal took the ships from Africa to Italy to fight them? That's right here in Jasher. They took that story from the Bible. Remember, the Bible is the oldest book. So this is the book. This is the this is where they got the story of Hannibal from. But that story is right here in Jasher. And I just think that is so interesting because it's a different narrative than you've ever heard your whole life. And it's a different image than you ever had in your mind your whole life. The image, the only images you have in your mind is Gladiator, Troy, uh, 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 the Vikings, a show that I just got through watching. And what I'm saying is, and I'm just gonna speak plainly here, white people don't get mad at me, but it's the fact, is you just have the images of white people in war and prospering and winning. 
but you have no images of, of black people going to war and winning and having victories in war. Name me a black war, a, a war that black people won. You've never heard of nothing like this. You've never seen a movie like this. Is that Black Panther? I think it's one of the only movies you've ever seen where black people won in a war. In this movie, they fight each other. But what, what, what movies or what images have you seen of black people going into war, defeating white people in war, in battle? Oh, God. That you've never heard of nothing like that. But the book of Jasher is talking about several battles like that. And I'm saying specifically what movies or what battles or what images do you have in your mind of a black army? Of a black king. Oh, God. Of a black king. What, what specifically? Of a black queen. You don't have no images like that in your mind. So you all the things that you worship, worship the beast, all the things that you have as images in your mind of what you should be and what we are come from Netflix, YouTube, Instagram, the dominant society that you live in have given you your ideals and your principles on what you should be or what you're supposed to look like. So what a king is supposed to look like, what a queen is supposed to look like. But anyway, look at the scripture right here, Joshua 81 and 3. And the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in the land of Egypt in hard labor was 210 years. I saw a video of an Israelite brother. I can't think of his name, but I follow him on YouTube. I think it's like Ben Israel or something like that. And I got to find out who this guy is because I keep watching some of his videos. But he, he he don't put his face up. He just talk over it. But he did a mathematical breakdown of how long the uh, children of Israel were actually literally under hard labor in Egypt. And I want to say he came up with 208 years. Here's the Bible in Joshua saying 210 years confirming the math very close to what he was saying. Confirming that they were only in hard labor. Because remember they were in Egypt. But they was, I mean, they were in Egypt, but the whole time they wasn't under hard labor. See, that's what you, that's what you got to forget. That's the part you forget. Remember, some of that time Joseph was alive. Some of that time they were just there living. But how long were they under servitude? Because remember the prophecy in Genesis 15, 13 said that for 400 years they would be in servitude. We've been in servitude for 400 years. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? They wasn't in servitude for 400 years. They was in servitude and under hard labor. Listen to this. For 210 years. And the book of Jasher is intentional. And it wouldn't have left that out. And it gives more credence to why they took it out. Because why would they take that out knowing that scripture was in there? Because they did not want you to know who you were in your destiny. And what was going to happen to you at the end of the 400 years. God help me. God help me. Because other people, well, you probably would have pieced it together that it was you that it was talking about and not them. If you had read Jasher because that's a contradiction. Even though it says in Exodus that they were uh, only in, that they were in Egypt for 430 years, meaning the entire span of time they were there. But right here in Joshua, it says the time they were under hard labor was only 210 years. Both times it wasn't 400 years. And God is exact and precise. And he said that you was going to be here for 400 years. And after that time, he said that nation shall he judge when this nation is going under judgment right now. God help me. God help me. This story of Moses being the king of Ethiopia is absolutely fascinating to me. It really is. He is eventually dethroned as the king of Cush and he wanders in the wilderness up to where the Midian, up to Midian, and that's where he runs into the uh, scenes, the women, the Midianite women at the well. That's where he sees them being harassed by the Midianite men and he runs them away and then they go back to tell their father, hey, this, um, Egyptian ran away these Midianite men. That's when that story starts. But the, the interesting part in this story, Jethro or Ruel, 
the father of Zippor, puts, puts Moses in jail, in his house, puts him in jail in a dungeon in his house for 10 years. And Zippor, who later becomes Moses' wife, tended to Moses the whole time, that all, all 10 of those years, un behind her father's back. And that's how they ended up getting married after, after he eventually lets Moses out of there. But I think this Moses story in Jasher is so interesting, it's so colorful, it's so fascinating, I love it. And it's one of the best, best stories. And I've been wanting to preach about it a long time and wanted a way to deliver it. And God gave it to me by saying, Moses, the king of Ethiopia. And I, I, I hope that it blesses you. And I hope that you hearing this is strengthening your faith in many, many ways. It's very similar to what happened to Joseph in Genesis. Because God takes them both up and down to the highest of heights and then back down to the lowly of places again. Each time at every stage, God is trying their faith. Oh God, testing to see if they will still praise him when he take them to the lowest of places. He took them to the highest of places and all glory to God. They both always blessed them when they were in the highest of places. But God wanted to see would they test him, would they still bless him when he take them back down to the lowest of places. Because just like Joseph, remember he was in the high of the high, then he went to the lowest of lowest. Remember he's at Potiphar's house? Then he went down to jail. Then he came back out. You, you see what I'm saying? They tested them both in both of these ways. Right now, we as a people are in the lowest of places. And you better believe that there was a time in history where we as a people were in the highest of places. But God is testing us to see if we will give him praise right now in the lowest place. Oh God, as the most downtrodden people on the earth, as the poorest people on the planet with no money, with no home. Oh, do you hear me? With no happiness, huh? having a bad day, will you still praise him? Feeling tired and sick, will you still give him the glory? Can't see how you going to make it out will you still praise our lord elohim he has done so much for us and he has promised to do so much more we are in jail right now just like joseph just like moses we are in jail right now in captivity right now we used to be kings we were born royalty. We used to command armies and lived in the palaces. But right now, someone rules over us. We are not the decision makers. We are at the mercy of the decision makers. But God, just like he did Moses, is going to bring us out and put us in a higher position, listen to this, than we have ever, ever been before. Israel, a world without end. <laughs> and they will reign and rule. Oh, you better hear me. This time, we will be a part of God's army, just like Moses. This time, we will be living in a land that God has ordained for us. Moses, the king of Ethiopia. Please receive this message in the name of Christ. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, please go subscribe at my exclusive channel at ministries.leodunson.com. If you would like to donate, please go to leodunson.com slash donate. You can also cash at me at money sign, I believe it is, Leo Dunson. Hey, I thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and share. And may the glory of God and his blessings be upon you. Shalom.